Hello and welcome to the Art of Communication podcast with me, Robin Kermode. Have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter? Then why not join my online masterclass, Speak So Your Audience Will Listen. In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermode.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this podcast. It's nice to have you with us again. As ever, I'm here with Robin Kermode. Hello. And I'm Sian Hansen. Now, this podcast is about meeting your heroes. Robin, you are my hero. Well, I'm just a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) We've chosen this podcast because it's one of your frequently asked questions, isn't it? It is. It's how do you behave naturally when you meet somebody who you're not normally meeting? So if you have a hero, whatever the hero, we'll talk about heroes in a minute. Mm. But when you come across somebody who you put on a pedestal, it's very hard for you to behave normally. Yeah, and you must be worried about not wanting to bother them or talking too much or assuming too much or getting even too close to them. Yes. In the UK, if you think of meeting royalty, so obviously we had the Queen for years and years and now we have the King. But people who I've spoken to who've met the Queen over the years, they talk about it as if it was one of the most important things of their lives. The Queen is long since forgotten, of course, but to that person, that moment is very important. So I think there's a responsibility on the hero to also behave well. That's a very good point. It's all about perspective, isn't it? I remember doing a play at the London Palladium. The show before was Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, starring Jason Donovan. I talked to the stage door guy and he said Jason Donovan was amazing because he would do the show and every night he would stand there and sign everybody's autograph, even if there were a thousand people there. Mm. And he said, they bought tickets to see me and to Mm. see the show. And part of my responsibility is behaving well. I can see that. There must be a certain tension, though, because the people who've come to see their hero probably know a lot about him or her. Mm-hmm. Right. They probably followed their career or read yeah. about them or read their books, whatever it is. So they know a lot about you, but you've only just met them. And so there's a kind of imbalance in the relationship, isn't there? Well, there is. Now, at the stage door, of course, it's OK because it's slightly transactional. I bought a ticket to see your show. You're going to be nice to me afterwards. Yeah, that would make but sense. But it might be the same for a book signing. Yes, but that's again... You're both on best behaviour because you've come to see the person. Mm. I think the difficulty is when the hero, we're talking here about stars at the moment, I suppose, Mm. if you see them in the supermarket Mm. and they're just buying their loaf of bread or a pint of milk and you say, oh, hello, I love your films and can I have a selfie or whatever? I just want to buy my milk, go away, (laughs) is what they probably feel. But is that a good idea with social media now? Because people are probably filming you before they even start. So you want to come across really well. So I think there's a huge pressure on media personalities to be on show and to be in good form all the time. All the time. 30 years ago, nobody had a camera on them. Okay, so you just said we're probably talking about media and media stars when you said meeting your hero Mm. unexpectedly. Do you know what? I think it's much wider than that. I wondered if we shouldn't talk about, just to start with, lay the groundwork Mm -hmm. and figure out what we mean by your hero. And I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who I was walking with. We were having a cup of tea. She stood stock still in the middle of the street. And I went, what's wrong? And she said, that's the midwife who helped me give birth to William. Oh, sweet. And it was a really difficult birth. And she was amazing. I'm going to run up to her. And tell her how much she means to me, even though that was 10 years ago. 
And she did it. And the midwife felt very awkward because she didn't remember it. Of course, because it's one of how many babies she delivered that year. Yeah. And my only point about this, Robin, is that midwife was her hero. Doesn't have to be a movie star. I don't think so. A writer or an actor, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it could be almost anyone, depending on the circumstances. But it leads me to say, who are your heroes? I mean, you're my heroes, we've already established. (laughs) Your children, my stepchildren, are my heroes as well. I think they're doing amazing things. Mm. But if I think back, there were a couple of people when I was young that were really influential in my life. Mm -hmm. My grandfather was one, my mother's father was one. And I liked the fact that he, at one point in his life, was very successful. He did well in business. He lost it all. He made it all back. He lost it all again. And the reason I admire him is that he didn't change whether his life was going well or whether Mm. his life wasn't going well, because he said, it's all a journey. Mm. And he treated everybody the same, whatever their station in life. And I loved the values that he stood for. So he was a really good mentor. Mm. In terms of who I admire as speakers, I think my favorite speaker at the moment has to be David Attenborough. The reason I like David Attenborough, partly because he's a national treasure in the UK, and for any of our listeners in other parts of the world, if you haven't come across David Attenborough, do Google him. He's an amazing TV presenter and naturalist. He writes and speaks a lot about the planet and the world. He's now 97. He's been a broadcaster for over 70 years. 70 years? 70 years. What would you do if you met him? Well, I know it would be easy. Because he would be incredibly gracious. So that meeting wouldn't be difficult. Even if he's having a bad day? I would go up to him and I'd say, it's a great honour to meet you. Would and you bow and scrape? And would no, you I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bow and scrape, but I would genuinely <laughs> say, you know, I'm really honoured to meet you. Mm. And I think he would be very gracious and say, well, it's very lovely to meet you too. And thank you very much. And, and what, are you, what are you doing? And he uh, would probably ask me a question. Yeah. Because I just know he would be good at it. Yeah. I just know he would. I think quite often heroes come in unusual packages. They can take you by surprise, can't they? I'm thinking of somebody who I know who cares deeply about the built environment. Now, that doesn't sound like somewhere you're creating a hero. This person cares so much about our built environment and our community that he sacrificed many other things in his life just to try and make his community a better place. Right. And he's my hero because I think somebody single-mindedly is doing that, not distracted by any noise. Mm. That's what he wants to do with his life. And he's showing you his values. His values are very clear. And I think, apropos of what you were saying about heroes, I've been in some meetings where people have said what's considered the unsayable, and they will say it. And I think, wow. That takes courage. (laughs) Often heroes, I think, are people who have great courage. Oh, that's really interesting. Because, of course, heroes in the traditional sense are those who are great in the battlefield and decorated as heroes. So you're right. It's probably something to do with courage, but moral conviction, too. They know who they are. They show compassion, Mm -hmm. I would have thought, and a humbleness. The humility, definitely. There's a phrase, isn't there? I have a go hero. This is where somebody maybe is just walking down the street, minding their own business. There's an incident going on and you think, should I go and help the person who maybe is under threat or whatever on the street? And I often question myself, and I'm sure you do too, what would I do in that circumstance? Would I be the hero? Would Would I be be the the brave one? And so when you see somebody who selflessly puts themselves in the middle of trouble, almost like they throw themselves in front of the Mm. bullet to save somebody else. Mm. I just think, I hope I would, and I don't know. Of course, we never will know. But those people genuinely are heroes. They are heroes. In fact, I was listening today to a programme about the man who saved over 700 children by putting them on trains in 1939. 
largely Jewish children, but other children on trains leaving Germany and got them out. It was called kinder transport. And when he was interviewed about it, he said he didn't feel like a hero at all. The interviewer said, what do you mean? You saved the lives of all these children who've gone on to have families and all their children. And he said, there was one more train and I couldn't save them. And he never felt like a hero, but the rest of the world felt that he was. Yes. So when we meet these people like that, mm. the Nelson Mandela's of this world, the people who have moral conviction and moral courage, mm. I think they would be quite easy to meet because I think they have a lot of humility. But humility. when you meet a star, you don't know. I will tell everybody what you did to me. <laughs> this is quite funny, actually. You did this to me on Valentine's Day. My husband, sitting across from me, knows that I have a crush he knows this, on an actor, and it's called Rufus Sewell. Who, by the way, Sian thinks is very good looking, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> but Robin, you take the story from here. Okay, so I said to Sian, right, I'm going to take you for a Valentine's night evening out, and we're going to the theatre. And then you said, but that's where Rufus is on. Rufus Sewell is in the play. She said, I can't believe you're taking me to see Rufus Sewell on Valentine's Day, the one man that I like slightly more than you. No. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, there we go. So we went to see the show and afterwards I said, let's go and have a drink in the bar next door. Now, I had arranged for Rufus Sewell to come into the bar <laughs> to see you. So we're sitting there and I could see him coming in the bar and he's mouthing to me, he goes, is that Sian? I go, yes. So he comes up to you. Now, this is the, the paint the picture. So Sian is sitting there. <laughs> this very good looking Rufus Sewell comes up and he stands very close to Sian with a very deep voice. And he says, you must be Sian. <laughs> and Sian's response was this. <laughs> and then he said, and did you enjoy the show? And then I said, huh. <laughs> and he said, it was a real pleasure to meet you. And then he left. And he so, left. And that was it. So your entire conversation with him was, huh, and huh. That was, that was it. Now, of course, if I bumped into Rufus now and I said, do you remember meeting my wife? He said, I have no idea. I probably couldn't remember no, at all. But it does bring up something interesting, is if you meet your hero by surprise. You see, if you'd told me a couple of hours beforehand that I was going to meet my mm -hmm. hero. What would, would have, you have said? Well, no, I might have thought of a few questions like, how did you prepare for that part? Or which right. is your favourite role? Or you know. So you suddenly turn into a TV interviewer? No, I was <laughs> trying to get him talking. But here's the thing. One of our friends told us that she was standing at a baggage carousel and it was taking forever for her bags to come out. And she realised she was standing next to her favourite actor, Colin Firth. She was so frightened by this that she moved to the other side of the baggage carousel. But was she frightened of saying the wrong thing? Do you yes. Think? Or blushing? Or and so, blushing. I don't know. And she said, I can't imagine what I'd say to him. So I had to move to the other side. Now, what would you do in a situation like that? I think you just have a normal conversation, but don't encroach physically too much. Mm -hmm. So don't invade people's space mm. and just keep it very loose. I would probably say something like, did you have a good flight? And they go, yeah, look away. And then you might try a second comment, you might not. And mm. gradually this person then will think, okay, this is a normal person. He's not going to be annoying now. It's not going to be clingy. <laughs> if they feel you're clingy, it's not good. But you've got to give them a way out. Yeah, they don't want to feel stuck. You're right. And you're in charge. I think you are in charge of giving them a way out. Yes. So, for instance, I know personally, Robin, that there's one priest that you particularly admired. Oh, um, yes. Who's no longer in our neighborhood, but somebody who you really mm. admired. Now, I think priests know how to go, look, it was very nice chatting yes, to you did. and move aside. But if you happen to be going somewhere to meet your hero, like let's say one of my heroes is Senator George Mitchell, mm. random I know. 
But let's say, for instance, if I was going to a lecture by him, what I'd do is I'd take a book of his. Then afterwards, I would say, would you mind signing my book? Right. And then you can say, I'm interested in that particular chapter or whatever. Mm. And then you say, thank you very much and leave. Yes. And that's a good way to sort that, of... It's a very good way. And it doesn't look too stalking either, because you're actually talking about the content that they've yeah. produced and you're valuing those. People will like that. So are you saying when you approach somebody who is your hero, should you lower your expectations? Don't expect them to be on form. Just talk to them like a normal human being. Well, yes. Also, people think, I can't say I love your films. And I always say to them, why can't you say I love your films? Mm. Because people like being told that you like the films. What you don't want to do is to go up to someone saying, I think you're terrible, by the way. You know, my <laughs> wife likes you, but I don't like you very much. A lot of that goes on. <laughs> but I was very lucky because when I was five years old, my grandparents, my lovely grandfather I mentioned earlier, took me and my brother to see The Sound of Music. It was the first theatre show I ever saw aged five in London. The lady starring in it was a lady called Jean Baylis. And years later, I took my parents to a diamond wedding and this lady started to sing. And it was a kind of wobbly, slightly operatic voice, but quite elderly by this point, of course, probably in late 80s, maybe even 90. And I thought she must have been a singer in her youth, you mm. know, the way she was singing. And someone said, do you know who that is? And I said, no, they said, that's Jean Baylis. I said, you're joking. I went across and I said to her, you are the reason I became an actor. Mm. And she started crying. Did she? Oh. And I said, I was five years old and I saw you in 1963 playing Mareva on Trap in the Sound of Music. And I wanted to be one of the children there. And I wanted to do what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. We had a lovely chat. She couldn't be more thrilled that I said, essentially, I liked what you did. Except, Robin, you're going slightly against the advice you gave me. Because you'll remember after a show, we went to see Hamlet, Andrew Scott in the lead. I waited outside the stage door. He was... Very nice. I shook his hand and I said, I just want to say thank you. That was amazing. And he leaned in and looked at me and went, and? <laughs> and you told me at that point that what you should have done is then point out something that was particularly good about his performance. And I hadn't prepped that. Yes. What you're supposed to do is not to be generic and say, yeah. I love your films or I love the performance, because you could just be saying that and not mean it. Mm. But what you say is, I particularly love that moment when the phone rang and you turned. It was electric, that moment. Mm. You pick out something specific. So in Hamlet, you could pick out a particular scene. Right. I've never heard it been done so well. And then they think, oh, that was nice. There was something specific yeah. rather than just, I love what you do. So going back to, let's say, you're in an audience and you're listening to somebody give a speech mm. and you think it was one of the most marvellous things you've ever heard. Mm. Afterwards, can you go up to the speaker and say thank you? Absolutely, yes. And would your advice be the same? Say something very specific? Yes, I found your advice on this very helpful or I loved your take on this. It's slightly easier for me to go up to speakers afterwards in the job that I do. And I can say, I coach a lot of speakers and that was extraordinary what you did. And people mm. love that, of course. Mm. But if I'm a speaker at a conference, I love it when people come up to me afterwards and say, oh, I love that. But what is interesting, though, and I was talking to a client today about this, I think I'm quite clear when I speak. Mm. And somebody came up to me once after a speech and said, I loved what you did, Robin, but it's a shame you didn't do anything on voice. And I thought, I spent 15 minutes on voice. So however good we are, the audience's mind drift away. But I didn't get upset that the lady said that. I just said, oh, well, maybe next time. Did you? Because Did you? my job is not to make her feel bad. It takes a lot of courage to go up to somebody to say, thank you, I enjoyed that. Yeah. So do you find that with all your training all over the world and you meet many different people, do you think you are in some way someone's hero? I hope 
I add value and I hope I can help people, of mm. course. But I don't want to be put on a pedestal because I don't think of myself as a hero at all. No. But what's interesting in terms of business, I was working for an enormous company, working with the CEO, and we get in a lift. Another employee gets in the lift, and he, of course, doesn't know who I am, but he sees the big boss. Everyone who works in the company knows who the boss is because he's very famous. I could see him thinking, I'm in the lift for 30 seconds. This is my elevator moment. Mm. I've got to try and make an impression, or, or should I try and make an impression? Mm. What should I say to my hero who's the head of the company? The boss made it so easy, put his hand out and said, hello, I'm whatever his name was. And the guy went, oh, hello. I could see him wanting to say, yes, I know who you are. But he didn't say that. He said, oh, hello, it's a great pleasure to meet you. And the boss then said, what are you working on at the moment? Oh, nice. And he said, well, we're working on this project or whatever. He said, I've heard about that. Very good. We'll have a great afternoon. Ping. Ping. And out, out, the and door. out we left. But that employee is going to remember that moment. And he's going to say, I met the boss in the lift. Mm. You know. I was working in a big bank in Hong Kong. I hadn't met the boss yet. It was a big bank and this certain building had these curved corridors and I was heading down the corridor and I could see coming towards me the boss who I'd never met. I'd been there a year right? and he was coming towards me and I thought, oh, well, this is, you know, I was a young employee. I thought this is my moment. And I was striding towards him, really looking forward to let me introduce myself. He turned and faced the wall almost like a crab, walked sideways down the wall just to avoid me. It was such bizarre behavior that I didn't feel offended. I just went and asked a colleague and I said, something just happened. Yes. And they said, don't you know, he's chronically shy. Ah, well, you bring up a very good point there because a lot of comedians particularly are really shy. Really? They're very good in their persona on an auditorium or in an arena mm. and they know their jokes and they practice their set. But in person, they're often very, very shy. So, Robin, here's the big last question. You've met your hero, maybe got them to sign your book, or you've had a little chat. Do you ask for a selfie? If you were walking down the street yourself and someone came up to you and says, can I have a selfie with you? It would depend, I suspect, on how well you were feeling, how happy you were feeling that day, and whether you think you were looking good. Now, if I saw a hero of mine walking down the street. They look tired. They look like maybe they've not had a very good day. The last thing they'll want to do is to have a selfie. Mm. I wouldn't ask somebody like that. Mm. But if somebody's just come off stage and they're at the stage door and they're all bouncy and happy and whatever, then uh, probably yes. So I think it's down to us to be a little bit understanding and get our emotional intelligence antennae out. So we think, is this a good situation to ask mm. for one or not? Like on the tube, if you're stuck on an underground train, packed underground train you can have a selfie oh and then, weird well then it's weird because you've got other people watching this and yeah. so it, it's all a bit difficult my advice would be ask sparingly i think that's good and be very cognizant of the circumstances yes yeah i did ask laura kunzberg once mm. now listeners who may not know who laura kunzberg is but in the uk she's a very well-known tv presenter particularly mm. on politics mm. and there was a time when ucn had the same haircut as her i did yeah and people used to take pictures of you in the underground you they said did. actually on our buses there yeah go, they did because they thought it was you i think you even got a table in a restaurant one i point. did so i bump into laura kunzberg the sians look alike and i said to her can i have a selfie because everybody tells me that my wife looks exactly like you and she'll find it very funny if i have a picture with you and she said oh who is your wife and i told her and she said all right i'll google her and have a look you see <laughs> so we had a nice little conversation but she did a selfie for me but that is the only time i've ever asked anyone for a selfie have you ever asked anyone for never a selfie? i've never asked anybody for a selfie but that's because usually i'm too shy to go up to the hero and mm. ask him or her 
for or ask them any questions and so when Rufus Sewell was there you didn't say can I have a selfie no I didn't Robin I wasn't able to say anything so instead of saying can I have a selfie what did you say to him (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much that's another really fun podcast I look forward to the next one have you ever wished you could become a confident speaker or presenter then why not join my online masterclass speak so your audience will listen In 10 easy-to-follow modules, you can become a confident and authentic speaker. For more information, visit robinkermode.com.